Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hey, Jackie Cation here. Welcome to the dark forest. It's November or December of 2022. Uh, you're about to listen to The Dork Forest. My name is Jackie Cation. The website's, of course, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you enjoy a determiner. Anyway, uh, November and December, I ask that you do not donate to The Dork Forest, that instead you donate to your local food bank, because uh, it's a nice holiday kind of wintery thing to do. And uh, if you don't know where your local food bank is, you can go to feedingamerica.org, or you can Google the words that are your town's name and the word food bank. Hey, sarcasm. Uh, JackieCation.com is where everything is linked. Like if you go to dorkforest.com, you can see all the notes and it'll link you to the YouTube videos for the Dork Forest and the and Apple podcasts and it's on Stitcher. It's on all the things. Anyway, so JackieCation.com will link you to everything. Dork Forest will link you back to JackieCation.com and to everything else. There is merch. If you have some sort of holiday wish to purchase a Dork Forest t-shirt, uh, the logo is now on a, a black shirt with the the logo in that bright green that the Ranger t-shirt used to be. Sold out of the Ranger shirts, discontinued. Uh, also, I have some stand-up shirts that are squish t-shirts. If you wanted uh, a meat shield t-shirt, I have limited sizes left, but that's still a benefit for uh, to help uh, immigrants and uh, anti-racism stuff. So if you want, go look around JackieCation.com store for your your store needs. I also have a new album out that's playing almost nowhere. That's right, because of legal issues uh, with something called Spoken Giants. Very disappointing. Uh, so the special itself is on YouTube on the 800 Pound Gorilla YouTube channel, uh, linkable off of JackieCation.com. You can also get a DVD or a CD at JackieCation.com. The, the CD itself is listenable at places where you can buy it. So at Apple iPod, iTunes and at Amazon Music that you could also stream it there. If you buy it, I make more money. Uh, but if you want to stream it, do whatever you want. But it's not on Pandora. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Sirius XM. <sighs> and neither are my four other albums. But uh, do whatever you want uh, because uh, it's your life. There we go. What else is happening? I'm touring. I'm doing a lot of stand up on the road. Feel free to come. Feel free. Um, to sign up for the email list at JackieCation.com. Harder to get on because you got to find how you how you put it in to then to get off, which is you scroll and hit unsubscribe. But uh, all of these things are available on JackieCation.com. I'm coming to do stand-up probably near you. If not near you, near someone you love. Tell them. Anyway, let's dork out about something. Let's get into the show. Oh, my gosh. I'm back in my garage. It's me, Jackie Cation. Uh, it's the Dork Forest, you guys. And we're turning... Justin Mo, 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 I did. I can't get the uh, syllables right. Moharabib. Nope. Mohadeb. 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 What? How did I? Fuck me. Uh, it's Mohadeb. Late. It's late. It's early. It's Christmas. It's a thing where there's. Can you ever get the impression that you can't do anything right? I'm living in it. And yet I'm doing so many things right. I know it, Justin. I know you've been on the You're program before. It, 
I, exactly. Yes. We just saw each other again in Toronto. I meant to have coffee with you. Fail. <laughs> oh, very busy. You're a very busy person. You That's have, right. It you was... did a lot of meetings with very important people. I had a lot. You, you hosted a seminar. You did a show. I did. Yes, I did a seminar. Did you? Uh, that seminar is so funny to me because it's it's of value. I would say it is of value because it's essentially I'm stating the obvious that comics should know not to, you know, to be on time, to pretend that this is a job, you know, Yes. to do all the things. Pretend there's HR breathing down your neck at all times <laughs> while you not not when you're on stage, but when you're off stage. So oh God, on stage, that might be weird. On stage, <laughs> on stage might be inhibiting, but off stage, yeah. it just means you show up on time. You try not to screw your coworkers and um, and you, you know, and you make sure that you get paid. So these things, these, you know, HR is there for you too. I don't know a lot mm. about HR. Uh, so yeah, it usually is not to be deadly. Well, they're there but. for the, they're there for the, um, Ooh, big truck is going through my alley. You may hear it, but, uh, the HR I think is a lot like the security at a comedy club where it's there for the company. It's there for the club. Yeah. It's not really there for the employees. It's not really there for the comics. It's there for other other people and things. Okay. But this particular time, I can't remember what we talked about last time. I think it was might have been Marvel, I think. Last time it was the Marvel Cinematic Universe, phases one through three. Oh, there you go. And then Andy did an episode uh, about phase four. And now... He's written so many notes on your notes that I know he wants to sit in. And I'm surprised he has not, quite honestly. Usually he just invites himself on to these kind of episodes. Yeah, he'll probably come by and say, I'm going to the store. Anything I can get you. Oh, you're in the middle of the oh, show. Oh, you're in the middle. Why don't you take over, I'll say to him. Uh, but so these are, uh, these are TBG, Sorry. which is what? Table? No. no uh, that's the bitter guide to superhero role-playing game. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Justin Mahareb, Mahareb. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to ethnic it up and I should be able to do it yeah. right. Mahareb. There we go. Justin Mahareb is at the bitter guy on Twitter and probably at the bitter guy on everything else. Right. As many things as I can get, but usually it's just my regular name. Okay. But, uh, so, well, his regular name will be in the notes. <laughs> yeah. While um, Twitter persists. Yes. I could be found there. You could be found there. What is tabletopbellhop.com slash game reviews slash nine superhero RPGs? That was just a a URL (laughs) I found to an article about nine fairly current superhero role-playing games. Oh, okay. Uh, I read it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know a lot about these because, you know, like uh, like most things. Have you played uh, this Marvel role-playing game, the TSR Basic and Advanced? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you're... It was... Right. It was my that's it's if I'm gonna pick one, that was my big one. And when did the, that uh, one Super- when did that come into being? That was released in the uh in the eighties. I have a show that came out in nineteen eighty four. Okay. So All right. And I started playing it and I believe the advanced version came out a few years later, eighty six, when I was thirteen in high school. And can you be whoever? Yes. You can be Deep, you can go deep into the long boxes. You can oh, so deep, really, so deep. Oh, that's awesome. Why, how, how did they do it? And why is it not everywhere? Andy has written here, beloved by all, uh, phase RIP system. 
What's F A S E R I P? <laughs> He's getting ahead of us here. Oh my God. Andy, Andy Ashcraft. <laughs> you want to get into this? You get into this. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, just these cryptic, to exactly these cryptic notes that just uh, go ahead. No, uh, phase rip are the core attributes that each character have. Uh, that stands for fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, and psyche. Oh, wow. Okay. You add up the physical stats, fighting, agility, strength, and endurance, to give you your character's health. And your reason, intuition, and psyche gives you your character's karma, which is used to modify dice rolls during oh, play. And what kind of dice do you use? Are they uh, it is. All the you normal? Use 2d10. Oh, just. Oh, no. Okay. 2d10. Uh, you use, I don't know if this is, oh, God, no, that just. That's never going to show. Yeah. Uh, there's, there is a table. Uh, oh, okay. And it has one to 100, and it, uh, you know, you roll, there's various, let me just take a look. It's been a bit since I looked at it. Sure. Uh, but like you, yeah, let me. That's not the, that's not even the right table. There you uh, go. I'll bring up Mighty Dice. I'll write two, yeah. I'll, I'll roll, uh, I'll roll two, uh, two D10s. Yes. And then you tell me what happens. All right. So say you are, let me just flip your random. A two and a nine. 29. All right. Well, you see, normally that would not be great. Say you're Captain America with his amazing fighting. Right. That would uh, succeed. That would get a green result. Okay. Which, is which would green mean means he would go. hit. And, okay. Yes, green means go. And that would get him, that would mean he hits his opponent. Okay. Doing his strength damage plus any modifiers for, say, striking them with his mighty shield. Right. Or his super serumed fist. Yes. And, or, yeah, um, or just with and, his fist. And then what happens? Now Now that I've rolled that 29. Does and then that strength is deducted from your opponent's health. Ah, okay. So, and it can be anywhere. Like if I rolled an 89, it would also hit. Yes. If you had rolled an 89, that would have been a yellow result, which means he would have, in fact, in addition to just hitting an opponent, slammed him, which would have knocked him back. Oh, okay. Caused him to fly oh, so it's just, so it's giving, it's flavor text is what the chap, the, the thing's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's telling you that I, you hit him in both cases, but it's just giving you sort of uh, something to role play off of. Oh, so uh, like, no, it does, it does. It gives various results, like there, you know, a uh, for example, amazing, uh, from zero one to twenty five, it's a white, it's a miss. Uh, from twenty six to six uh, fifty five, it's a green, it's a hit. Okay. Uh, fifty uh, <clears throat> six to ninety right. is a yellow, a good hit, okay. and a red is ninety one to one hundred. Okay. So you get a ten percent chance of getting that uh, red hit, which is knockout. Uh, or? You know, for, for uh, it's a stun. Yeah, you can probably knock somebody out with that. Okay, so when you play this, you're do they do they have things that are written, um, sort of, or is there a, a game master, a, a DM, a dungeon, a game master who's got to tell you? Well, you're in Metropolis, or do you say, "Well, I, I want to be in Chicago. I can be in Chicago." Well, that's generally what you'd set up ahead of time. You know, you'd, you'd set up the, uh, the, world. the game world with yeah. at the table, and then the GM would run the adventures there, and he'd say, "Oh, look, it's Ultron, and he's trying to do this evil plot, or so, it's Doctor Doom." 
And you're working from a book of monsters? Are you booking from like a separate villain book kind of thing? Yes, there is a book full of uh, villainous attributes. Okay. And then you could are are they pre built? Like is Red Skull pre built for you, or is um, or do you can you build a Red Skull with other characteristics or other powers out of out of your villain list? Well, I've got a copy actually of the villain uh, book here. So you know you've got Red Skull and all of his Red Skully glory, all of his, all of his stats. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, mostly weapons. You know his dust of death. Oh, okay. Oh, so they list, so they sort of, you look up the character, they tell you what that character really has at hand. Yes. And then you can build. So there's pre-generated NPCs or player characters. If you want to play at a superhero, they've got a big list of them. And the available attributes expand uh, in some of the supplements. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to see. Is this even visible? Oh, good. That comes. Almost. There it is. Uh, I fade in and out of existence. (laughs) Uh, This is the Ultimate Powers book. Yeah. Uh, It's one of the books released for the uh, Advanced Edition. Okay. And in it, uh, there are 26,370 discrete powers. Wow. Wait, how many? 26,000? 293 powers times five ranges. Not sure what that means. And 18 power levels. So they kind of... Yeah. So, okay. Okay. But still, two hundred powers. At least two hundred powers, which is still yeah. huge. Have you ever That's gone a to a website uh, called Hero Forge to make a character? Oh yes. I just—it's so kind big. of fun to just hang out, and you're like, no, I'm going to change the shoes on this person, yes. and uh, <laughs> you can literally—it's like a dollhouse. It's like it's like a paper oh, doll yeah. kind of thing <laughs> with weapons. Yes. And armor, and you can, oh, it's like, I think you look better as a blonde. No, no, he works good as purple hair. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually, for 50 bucks, get them, they'll, they'll, they'll 3D print them for you. Print it. Do they, do they, does that include getting it painted too? Don't know. Can't remember. All I remember is because I've never done it. Uh, It's, Ah. it's perfectly free to, uh, to make them and then print out a copy of them and then put it at the top of your character sheet. And uh, like I, I play one of the games, the game that Andy uh, designed that we'll talk about later. So, but what's your favorite? Like, how long? Who do you play with? How long does a game last? How do you? What do you do? What do you? What's your faves? As an un, as an unfortunate thing, I haven't actually played in a really long time. That is unfortunate. It was yeah. It's it was my high school thing, and okay. you know, it's like as it stands, uh, you know, it. Uh, it's out of print. They stopped producing it in the early 90s. Oh, did they? Well, they're yeah. fools. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Marvel had some things about, okay, now we want to charge you this much for the license. Okay, oh, now we want to charge you this much for the license. I see. So it wasn't really published by Marvel. It no, was it was published pub- by TSR. By TSR, who also does D&D? Yes. Okay. Very same. Okay. Huh. All right, yeah, because Andy also wrote it would be as big as D and D now if it <clears throat> had been supported for the last forty years. <laughs> He's yes. clearly also feels strongly about this game. It's it's wonderful. Uh, I think I was reading. Uh, there's a book called Designers and Dragons about the history of the industry. Actually, okay, it's like five books, uh, and the first book is like you know dozens of pages on the history of TSR, 
And I think at one point it mentions that the uh, introduction of uh, Marvel helped helped save the company during a, a lower point in its uh, oh wow in its stuff. So yeah, okay. So it actually it did help them, but then they couldn't keep up with the licensing, probably. I think that was probably the case, or you know, <laughs> it was just like like every role playing game. You know, it's every game has a lifespan, and at one point it's be like, oh, are we going to make a new edition? And they actually did. They uh, they made two editions of the regular, the Phase Rip edition. And then later on, they also produced uh, the Saga version, which no familiarity whatsoever. It happened when I was like totally, my head was turned the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Been there. And, but apparently it's very enjoyable. Some friends of mine really liked it. When I, I, I brought it up, you know, hey, superhero role-playing game, let's chat about it on my Facebook a while ago, and some people were like, you know, did you try the Marvel Saga edition? And I'm like, no, no, sir. And Right, hmm. and now that that's out of print as well, right? Yes. Okay, so what is Cosmos Cubed? Cosmos Cubed was a really cool uh, module series uh, based around all the cosmic adventures uh, flying through space. Uh, you were supposed to play like uh, Asgardians and Eternals and all the big dudes, you know, any deities. Right. I'm sure, you know, Hercules could fit in there and, you know, put Iron Man in an obnoxiously overpowered piece of armor. And a nice stand slot, Fantastic Four. Sure. Well, actually, the Fantastic Four probably would get me to get juiced up a bit other than maybe the Hulk. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, other than the Thing. Yeah. Thing is like a pretty, pretty tough guy. But it's like, it's very, it was, it was very high intensity. Like, you know, you're going to be fighting guys on the moon who are 50 foot tall. And, oh, okay. So uh, Colossus in D&D mm -hmm. talk or whatever. Sort of the, yeah. the big guys. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, basically they had a really neat thing where it's like, uh, all right, I want to play my character, but he's like, you know, a Spider-Man level guy. And they're like, okay, boom, you get these, you get this cosmic upgrade, go, go punch a star or something. <laughs> and, uh, and did you play that one or did you just read it and <laughs> love it? Read it, loved it. Uh, I actually, uh, for a while they were producing, uh, these books of, uh, like, uh, do, do you remember last time I mentioned Ohatmu, the official handbook of the Marvel oh, yeah. Universe? Yes, I do remember I was that. Quite fortunate, I got myself a, a new set. Ooh, congratulations! Uh, to replace the ones my my friend Chris McEwen stole in high school. <laughs> uh, still angry, right? Still years later. Turns out, I'm talking to the bitter guy, you guys. Uh, it's Justin Mohadab, and it's at the bitter guy. Yes, I've. Uh, it's hard I've to got resolve grudges that, that are yeah. raising. Well, oh, you know, it's not, I'll forgive him someday. I'll be a good person someday. Well, you and know. you, well, and you have the new. You have a, another copy, so it's all worked out. If that was the only thing, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> that was the extent of his perfidy, perhaps. But unfortunately, <laughs> okay, basically all left my house. Right. <laughs> all right, not Chris. We're not talking about. He's not my dorkdom. Right. Anyway, exactly. You would have to so love him. It, Yes. <laughs> so uh, they made a sort of they made a character uh, a series of character books, basically the size of uh, old school phone books. That uh, that you know had like literally dozens of character stats in them, and I went through my copies and I took out all of the cosmic level heroes and I stuffed them into my copy okay. of the first adventure in the Cosmos Cube series. Going, I'm gonna get some people together. We're gonna play this. Yeah. And it didn't happen, but I still got that downstairs. Okay. Uh, so if you could just generate things, humans. Yes. Um, 
Have you ever have you ever tried that thing where you hang where because we have we have board game stores here where there's a lot of Magic the Gathering happening, but there's yeah. also some t- regular tabletop stuff happening and regular board games happening. Are, are you have you tried lurking around there to find some more of your people? I'm actually fairly fortunate to have a, a few groups that I am. Oh, that you're already with. that you're already playing, but not this this particular system. Not this, no. We play. We have a variety of things. Just finished a Alien game actually the other day of the new Alien. Was it the Legacy RPG. board game, or was it just a regular board game? Just no, an RPG. Oh, an, an Alien al- RPG. Oh, okay. Because I saw the Alien uh, board game yesterday when I went and bought Toys for Tots, and I was told to get Teenager Toys for Tots, which turns out are in my world are going to be board games, uh, earbuds, and uh, and some some hair products for girly girls for like the, those, those who enjoy a shiny object that I, it's not me, but it turns out no. I'm not buying a present for me. I'm buying a present for other people who enjoy other things. So I did yes. go, we, Andy and I, and his mom, we all went, we bought, we were supposed to get infants and, and teenagers. And, um, oh, there you go. and so, cause I guess the middle bit is fine. It's the teenagers and infants that people tend to forget. Anyway, uh, I digress. Good year for looking out for them. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and it's we don't have any kids, but we love to buy toys. So win, <laughs> win, 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 all over the there place, and then we give them to the firefighter, who's always very young and very handsome, and then we walk <laughs> away into the desert, uh, <laughs> triumphantly. <laughs> so, but okay, so so you haven't, so you just haven't played this game. You play other, you played the Alien RPG. Who published yeah. that? Uh, that's published by Modifius, I think. It's, okay. Uh, I think it's, or it could be Free League, 50-50 chance. You have on uh, this, by the way, so many things, but not that. On this, on your list of games that you really like? I thought we would just focus on, on like, the super heroic stuff. Oh, right, right. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, though, when you think about it, Aliens, she was she was a superhero. Sigourney Weaver. Ripley was a bit super heroic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my character was uh, oh not that great. No, but, a, <laughs> she she survived, but she left a bunch of people to die. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. So what's Cat's yeah. Paw for Af? Uh, Alpha Cat's Paw was an Alpha Flight module. Uh, oh, Alpha and Flight Canadian superhero team. Canadian superheroes, yes, my absolute favorites. Uh, cover for this was drawn by John Byrne. The co-creator of the team and uh, was writing their comic book at the time. Oh, cool! And very interestingly enough, this module uh, came out like I, th- I don't know uh, the timeline, but like not soon before the entire team lineup broke up. So I believe there's so- at least one character in here who is dead oh. by the time it was released. Oh, that's a drag. Oh, but no, no body though. So. Yeah. Destined to come he back. Disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, destined I, to come back. Are you familiar with the Alpha Flight story? Uh, I have am not. Read those? I have. I read one. I think I read one arc, but I tell tell me again because I can't remember. Uh, I know that they're Canadian. Well, they, I know that you're Canadian. They're Canadian, and I, I know am, that yeah. there's uh, there's a Yukon dude, and um, and that's that's where I'm. Is is he a wolf? No. What talk to uh, me? There's this. There's well, yeah. Alpha yeah. Flight. You've got. Uh, You've got Sasquatch, who is a former NFL player 
and yes. scientist who uh, goes up to the <laughs> north to give himself gamma powers and ends up turning into a big furry guy. Uh, spoiler, it's not just gamma powers. Uh, you've got Snowbird, who's uh, half uh, Inuk goddess, uh, half RCMP officer. Oh. And uh, you've got the twins, North Star and Aurora, who are French and super, and super fast. Uh, uh, you've vrai. got Shaman. Yes. Boy. You've got Shaman, who is a uh, indigenous sorcerer. Okay. Uh, and you've also got uh, Puck, who is a very acrobatic little person. Oh. Who, uh, he's very cool. Uh, he's got all these neat stories. He always talks about, yeah, I used to hang out with Ernest Hemingway and all this stuff. <laughs> and oh, this is back in the 80s, so it's conceivable that, you know. Okay, so he wasn't immortal. He wasn't immortal. He was just, uh, he was just in the 80s. He was yes. even for even for he was a bit too vigorous for some of these stories. Sure. <laughs> Except there were there were some supernatural elements to his background. Oh, fair enough. OK. Uh, and some of them were some of the, that the story once it got told probably should have been better left as a oh, what a neat background. That's mysterious. We'll never <laughs> find out the reasons. Uh, and there's also Marina, a uh, an aquatic uh, alien from Newfoundland. OK. And I always love. To think about that, because you've got an alien undersea adventurer with a... I, I always thought of her having a very thick Newfoundland accent. You ever watch Come From Away? No, no, but I do watch uh, Burak's Mysteries. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, the Newfoundlanders uh, have a very distinct uh, and beautiful accent. Yes. I'm not going to try and do it, because okay. that never turns out well. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I can't do accents either. But but people should look into a TV show possibly called Coming Away. Uh, Come from Away is Come a musical which oh. was recorded and broadcast on Apple TV. Okay, uh, it's about uh, Gander, Newfoundland. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the all the planes had to land there uh, during nine eleven. Yes. yes, yes, and how they all became a, a very uh, tight knit community, and it was a play first, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I heard about it when it was a play, and then they Apple made it into a film. No, they recorded a production and oh, okay. uh, broadcast oh, cool. it. Oh, that's neat. It's yes. did you know that there's a video game? I think it might be Elder Scrolls that because uh, I don't have Apple, and this is where my brain went, Justin. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought about how could I get a hold of it, and um, I was reminded of something that isn't that I I don't support this the torrent system, but uh, Elder Scrolls there's a horse character oh, yes. in Elder Scrolls called Torrent. So uh, that if you ever try to Google Elder Scrolls Torrent, you just get pictures of the horse. Oh, that's very clever of them. Yeah. They you know, they're doing the <laughs> they, yeah, right. They're just trying to <laughs> trying to troubleshoot their own income. And they're not wrong. So um but I would I I may one day get Apple just because there's enough things on it that I should see. Um uh, just so we don't go too far off state off Yeah, uh, let's of get, bring me back. Uh, no, I was just going to say uh, they have a show called For All Mankind. Yep. That's an uh, alternate history space race story that I absolutely adore. Okay. Uh, and Ted Lasso. So, you know, if you want to just grab yourself an Apple uh, subscription for a couple weeks, those are two things you can binge very enthusiastically. Okay. That's some, right. that's some good airport lounge watching. Right, right. As long as I got the Wi-Fi. And yep. um, so. Yes. But, so back that, to the superhero Al RPG. Yeah. So back to Alpha Flight. Alpha yes. Flight is your favorite. And you can you I can play them. you can play those in the Marvel role playing game. Yes, you can. Uh, you can play any member of the team. They're all included, I believe. Let me double check. 
in the uh, uh, yeah, so like there's Aurora. I've I've got a, a copy of the judges book here. Okay, which shows Aurora and Box and so yeah, all the Alpha Flight members are included in the uh, in the game. I nice. think they also came with little cards for each of the characters. That's kind of cool. So yeah, if you know, it's like you just you clip them apart. So it's like there's a thing, you know. Yep. How do you feel about doing that? Okay, I love that. And then the advanced books you wrote down for the books. There is a fa yeah. Fantastic Four compendium. I'm just currently reading the Fantastic Four, and I never read it before. It was hard for me to get into, but I believe it is Dan Slott currently writing it, or or, or wrote it to I get me was, into yeah. it. He might not be actually currently writing it, but hmm. he got me into it, creating characters that I cared about, you know? And then there was a, a spinoff that I don't think he wrote, but it was where um, the Invisible Woman was actually a spy for Nick Fury. Yes. You mentioned that to me the last time I was here, actually. Oh, really? I think Mark Wade wrote that. It was very enjoyable. Oh, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Always good, Mark Wade. Um, he's currently writing a reading a writing a Superman that I can't read, uh, just because it's hard for me to read a Superman. Even though Mark Wade's dorkdom was Superman, I am reading a Zdarsky Batman though. Um, yes, I see he's uh, doing that now, and he's it's amazing, quite honestly. Uh, uh, the D you have a DC Heroes game uh, one too. There is yes, uh, there's a few DC Hero games that have been released. I'm going to just poke out. Hopefully, I'm not poking too far off screen. No, uh, you've weeded off a little bit, but you know what are you going to do? It's a podcast. We're a couple. Uh, of here we go. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's Civil War Two, uh, featuring Alpha Flight and Justin Trudeau. Oh, I've read that. Yes. Yes. Where he boxes Iron Man. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> That is insane, but that's a that's a really good one. Um, I I the Alpha Flight that I read wasn't because they're a real superhero team, right? They it is never the tongue in cheek that let's say the Great Lakes Avengers is, right? The Great Lakes Avengers are a joke, right? Alpha Even, Flight has always been a little they've been a little tense. It's like it's it's written as a family, but a fairly dysfunctional one. Yeah. And uh, like, if you ever read the first twelve issues of the Burn Run, uh, none of the characters are together. Uh, the entire team is not together for the first like, from issue two to issue eleven. Like, it's all like, you know, here's these two people over here. Here's these two people over here. Here's these two people over here. Here's Snowbird having a solo adventure where she <laughs> fights in a fights in a blizzard, and there's two blank pages with lots of uh, speech balloons. <laughs> yes, because she's it. Because there's like snow, and it's like. Speech balloons, and she's describing what's happening because you can't see it. And John Byrne got paid full rate for those. So good for you. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to show, not tell. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what? Hmm. Yeah. So you, we've got Children of the Atom, Avengers Coast to Coast, Ultimate Powers book, and Fantastic Four Compendium. Yes, those are the four big books that they released. You know, that basically had this everyone in the. So this is all 1984 to 1990, right? And then it, yeah. then they're done. Six years. They yeah. pr they produce what like eight eight books? Oh, oh no, uh, that's uh, according to this article, they produce about fifty supplements. Oh, did they? Uh, and how many do yeah, you have? Lots of modules. Uh, I'd say maybe a quarter of them. Okay. Uh, they they produced a really neat book called Realms of Magic. 
that really expanded how to play magical PCs. And, you know, that one actually had like three different books inside of it. It was like, you know, one cover with like three different books in. Okay. And, you know, it had, this is how to make a PC. This is how magic works. And a book full of super, you know, super magical characters. Like you got Dr. Strange, you got the Dormammu, you got the Klingas, and you got the Aaron Mordos. Right, right. Were there any um, female characters? Were there any women uh, sorcerers back then that they, was Scarlet Witch magical? Was Emma Frost? I don't know if Scarlet Witch was in that book. Uh, yeah. they, they 80s were Thea different. And Umar. Oh, they did. Oh, well, you know, I don't know if, uh, I don't know, uh, Steve Ditko, I don't know how he, how he felt about the fairer sex, but uh, there were not a lot of female characters in the. Uh, well, sometimes you write what you know. And uh, so <laughs> that's what Sometimes I always you're say. Right, what you think your audience wants to see? I mean, it's like I think they were still going as they thought they were mostly boys. They didn't realize that there's just as many girls reading it. So right, right, and it's and it's um, yeah, it's since Shakespeare. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> except for uh, keep making it better. But when you go back yes. in time, you just gotta you have to look for the similarities. And so and so I did. Hello, Snoopy. <laughs> okay, uh, so the um, Nightmares of Future Past. Oh, yes. That was that in was... the 80s, too. Who was that? Chris Claremont? That was, it was based off of a two-issue story Okay. Uh, in the X-Men, where in the future, they turned it into a movie. That They adapted it into a movie. There are a lot of differences made. But basically... Uh, Rachel Summers, who was the daughter of Phoenix and Cyclops, uh, which was a story that was told after Phoenix had died. So I'm not sure what he was looking for at the time. Right. She was going to come back. Uh, but yeah, so th- their daughter used her, her psychic ability. Her name is send- Phoenix. Yes, go ahead. Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of her thing. Uh, but yeah, so you know, Rachel sends Kitty Pride back in time to stop the assassination of a senator. And all that cool stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the really neat part of it is it's set in this far future dystopia where mutants are hunted by giant robots and society has is treating them as, you know, uh, it's a bad situation. It's for a them. bad That's situation. And the Sentinels are there, but it doesn't look yes. like anybody who isn't a mutant is living their best life either. That's what no, I most always of them. Right. It feels like a dystopian future for both sides of the coin there. They might have wanted to oh, yeah. not create sentinels. Uh because uh as <laughs> much as, as much as they're hunting mutants and stuff, I bet you the freedoms of regular God fearing Homo sapiens are not it, it isn't going well. Well, I mean I look at it this way. A giant robot will come down, scan you, and you know, how mutated how mutant pa- possible are you? Because basically, you know, <laughs> there's normal people, there's people who might have a mutant kid someday. So they gotta be kept an eye on. Right. And, you know. Yep. It's a future thing. It's a future how thing. How many people is that gonna be? Yeah, that's and the and the sentinels, not ever were there any good guy sentinels? Could you play a character as a good guy sentinel? I mean, conceivably. Yeah. I mean, like any character could be heroic if you did a good story for it. And I think at some point there were actually sentinels guarding the Xavier school. Right. During some superhero thing. I missed that. I didn't catch that story, but I just saw some of the, Cause I, you know, I saw some bits from it. And Yeah. That's, that's what must be jogging my memory when I read that. I currently cannot read the X-Men. There's too many. So, uh, but I do want to wait. I did just read Judgment Day, 
and I am, I do have something coming up here, but it's, and I do read a little bit of the crackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lying. I'm reading some X-Men, uh, but okay. I, uh, but the, I will say that in Runaways, they had a good guy that was a god who ended up being one of the gods okay. uh, that was that he's currently sort of there. He's he's going to high school and he's playing on the football team. Uh, but uh, I can't. Uh, he, he was it was essentially one of the gods who was sent to kill all the runaways. But he chose not to, but then he was starving to death. And it turns out he just needed adulation. So he goes out for the football <laughs> team. <laughs> there you go. Perhaps he could have become a TikTok musician. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. He's going to be an influencer. So, um, yeah. This... yeah. But Nightmares of Futures Past was a four-part adventure series. Uh, the first part was very much like general sandboxy stuff. It's like, this is how you survive as a mutant underground. This is how you build things to hide from the Sentinels. This is how you strike back against your Sentinel oppressors. Okay. And, you know, here's some loose adventure stuff. The second one was a much more traditional adventure module where you have to, uh, fight. You know, you, you fight back, you rescue a, oh, right. a, a mutant who can be of great benefit to the underground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the third book allows you to start turning around the conflict. Uh, you know, you can get some Tony, some Iron Man armor and use that to fight back against the Sentinels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and then the fourth book is like how to, you know, it outlines how to resolve the great conflict between the uh, Sentinels and, uh, between the Sentinels and mutankind and humankind. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's neat too. I like it. Um, you know, when I first started playing tabletop RPGs, I just wanted to kick indoors and fight monsters, right? Very munchkin, 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 munchkin. Still like it, still like it. Used to, uh, we played D&D &D for 17 years. Some, some days, and it would be once every six to eight weeks, we would play for six or eight hours. And, oh, yeah. um, and there would be these, some days were political days. Where you had to go talk to the Goblin King, or you had to go to the, you had to go to the university and, and research something. Uh, it was, and I would just be exhausted. And now <laughs> I have a little more interest in that sort of leadership role. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what you learn, I think, in different tabletop games. Whether you play a superhero or it's sword and sorcery stuff, you get to play these different roles that you don't get to play in real life. Especially as yeah. a child, where you can play any gender, you can play any any power level, you can play um, fighty, or you can play magical, or you could play uh, charming, and or you could and and you can eventually want to be that sort of leader who negotiates with goblin kings, and yeah. um, that is Lee Bennett, and uh, which is one of the guys we play with. And um, and I I might be getting at that point, but we're we're you know I'm only I am only 17 years into playing as opposed to the rest of you people who uh, so that was and I, is a good run. I mean that's uh yeah we were got a lot of time at the table. Yeah, a lot yeah. of time at the table. There was we also played champions. We played uh, mm -hmm. you have champions listed on here. I do. Uh, that that seems to be an exercise in math. Uh, so mathy. So much. I. I had an interesting uh, journey going to Champions. Uh, let me just check. Marvel, da-da-da. You got the Advanced Voice, Cosmos Cubes, Cast Oh, yeah. Those are some of the highlights. Uh, let me just 
let, let me talk about Champions. It's, okay. It's, as, as I mentioned, it's my second favorite superhero RPG game. Okay. Uh, well, then I'm glad I, I skipped was, ahead because we are at yeah. 30 minutes and I'm like, let's talk yes. a couple of big uh, superhero RPGs. Yep. This is the big blue book for Champions 4th Edition. Okay. And, uh, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> when I was in high school, I was playing every Sunday with my friend Dave and his group. And it was very dysfunctional, uh, as is not uncommon among high school D&D groups. Okay. How so? Uh, How did it manifest in this particular case? Well, I mean... Was it... Was his, gir- his girlfriend bullying? was playing and she walked all over him. Uh, oh. And his nephew was playing and he was a bit of a prick. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sometimes and, it is hard to get a group together that... I remember when I first met Andy, I told him I didn't want to play games because I didn't like them. And he said, that's because you have siblings and you've been playing with your <laughs> siblings. Uh, we, I've been playing for 20 years with these people. I have 40 close friends who I'm willing to game with. Started out with about 100. So know in your heart that you got to weed through and find people who like to play yeah. games like you like to play games. Your, your play style is so important to match up and it's hard. It's just like, you know, like any other relationship. Are you simpatico? Are you compatible? Yeah. Is it, is so, it going to work? Okay, so, so there was some drama mm, with the first champion. There was a little drama. And, you know, uh, basically, you know, especially because the girlfriend thing, you know, she was like, I want this. And he's like, all right, your character is this. And I'm like, uh, is that even, that's not, do I have to stand up for myself <laughs> more? Or, uh, know, there's, you know what? There's always, <laughs> if you've swallowed the book, there's always someone who's <laughs> swallowed the book who's just like, well, let me look it up. Is that possible? And then you find out it isn't, and then whoever wanted that is disappointed. Yeah. But in this but case, got, it was just a pass. Then I went to a store in Kingston called Trollsbane, which was very nice suburban uh, game shop, which was a close walk to my high school when I was in grade 13, so I could go down there, you know, spend my A&P money on Excellent. whatever I liked. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was... And I found the champion's book and fell in love uh, because because of the mathiness. Really? Because you could go, it's like, you know, well, you know, uh, this costs character points. And I did not, it didn't spend character points on that. So you don't have it. Oh, too bad. You know, uh, you know, I can conceive of that. I've played it like maybe four or five times in my life. Okay. But uh, it is, you know, I like it. I like the whole, it's like, all right, you get number of actions equal to your speed and there's 12 actions per turn and da 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 and it's like it's all it all made sense it was all like you broke all the things down into these very fine points and this is how it works okay and, yeah. it is broken and, down into a great deal of minutia what what i did enjoy about it was the fact that sometimes you got to roll like 30 dice so many dice so many awesome giant pile of dice and it was very satisfying and uh, is that d6s is it six-sided yes, dice that you're writing? That's it. Okay. And somewhere, uh, you know, it's probably in... Uh, Justin Mojada, my... by the way, at the bitter guy, is looking on the shelves. He's gone to the long boxes, you guys. He's gone to the <laughs> shelves to see, uh, to find something. Uh, I do have, actually, dedicated hero system dice. Okay. That uh, the six is the... Uh, the six is this dude up here. But I don't have that with me uh, because <laughs> they're buried somewhere. Uh, yeah. There is this room is a nightmare. You're lucky you can see shelves and they're like so pretty. But no, <laughs> no. right, the angle this is, is a very fire important. trap. Right. Yes, I should do that to change my own 
imagery. There we go. It's just, uh, it's essentially, it's comic book uh, storage. Wait a minute, I'm going the wrong way. That's comic book storage. And then um, above that is a box that has my character sheets for a couple of different games. I've been on a D&D game occasionally uh, with Brian Posehn for his podcast. And I'm in a poker game. Uh, nerd poker, yeah, nerd poker game, and then and then uh um, and th- and then I do a couple of I'm in two hero instant games, but champions is let's talk about how do you create a character in champions? Uh, you basically need to not have a lot of friends, uh, so you sit in your living room and you look you at charts, like. right? So yeah, there's there's lots of charts, lots of math. Uh, you, you know, it's like every, you know, there used to be a base number of 250 character points and each attribute has a different cost. So if you want to buy your speed up, that's like 10 points per okay. level. And if you want to buy strength up, that's one point to level because, well, speed only goes up to 12. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, then, you know, you pay your points, you can buy powers and you can add, uh, modifiers to it. So if you have a negative modifier, it'll reduce the cost of your power, but it might not be as useful. Uh, but if you want to say, give it an area of effect or uh, some other benefit, then it'll be more expensive. And you, and, and those are the points you get, 250 points. How do you earn more points in the game to add to your, you have to level up? In play. You know, it's like, okay. you know, every, every session you get like two character points or something. Okay. And uh, thankfully there's no hero point attribute because that usually sometimes also, like to go back to Marvel, I don't know how characters would have advanced in play because it was like, buying up an attribute level it's like you know you know uh going back to the thing oh the, the character the character the thing yeah, look, looking back to the to the attributes you oh, know, okay. it's like a remarkable a remarkable attribute is anything from 26 to 35 right so you know i don't i don't recall the actual cost of buying it, uh, how much karma it costs but you had to spend your karma which is also used in play for modifying roles so okay there there's far too much economy, economic work working going on there that uh, I save that for the uh, grade 10 class. Right. So someone wants to get into uh, superhero role-playing games. Uh, it's easy right now, I think, to get into the D&D because they've sort of, they've created sort of a kit. I saw them at Target and we bought a couple. But uh, it's essentially, uh, it's a little bit of plug and play. There's there's story, stories that you could play, initial stories you could play. It's set up so that you could play at least the first couple of uh, adventures yeah. in, in this box. But if you want to play Champions, which is a current game, right? There's still editions or? I think they're up to the sixth edition now, yeah. So this is something where you where you could go in and feel overwhelmed. And you just have to, I mean, is there story when you open up, even the 1990 uh, Champions book, if, when you open it up, you read it. Because that's what because that's what you're going to do. You don't have anyone to play with initially. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm just going to look at what this game is. So I'm going to read the introduction. I'm going to read the beginning. And then you're going to get an idea of what the game is. Is that, does it work like a book, Justin? I mean... It worked like a book for me. <laughs> right. Not for was, everybody, but you were yeah, in. You I were know, on board. I was in. I bought I, I bought in because it worked. It was a fairly, you know, it was like, it, it was very well laid out. Very, you know, it, it had that very helpful how to use this book section at the beginning. Okay. And so you have the rule book for hero system at the beginning. Then you have the champion section. Then you have like the actual, you know, 
then you have a very nice group of superheroes, a sample group of superheroes, you know. So right. you've got like a martial artist, an alien brick, a uh, a, 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 tra- a jaguar who's a transforming beast person, Quantum who's a uh, a pretty lady who flies and goes pew pew, <laughs> uh, you have Solitaire who's a super uh, super psychic, and Defender who's got a superpower suit. And oh. you know that's like here's here's five iconic types of characters, and here's how to you can play them in Champions. Okay. I, I mean, I have no idea if you know. I don't know if anyone has a good introductory thing for their uh, for their superhero RPGs lately. I know I bought this, which is the current uh, Marvel RPG. Okay. Which Wait, and actually has not that... come out yet. This is the this is the playtest. Okay, and what's this it is called? The Marvel Multiverse Marvel Multiverse role playing game. Okay. Uh, it uses who, the six one six system. Uh, Marvel Comics publishes it. Okay, and the six one six system is what? Uh, you roll a D, uh, three D six. Okay. And I think the two dice you're trying to get higher, and the, and if you roll a one on the third dice and sixes on the other two dice, you roll a six one six, which is a benefit thing. Okay. I've not actually tried it. It's it a little Yahtzee, little Yahtzee. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it's it's being developed uh by Matt Forbeck, who's a, a really great uh RPG writer. Okay. And he's done all sorts of stuff over the years. Okay, and uh, um, what about Matt Forbeck? I think he's a Wisconsinite too. So, oh, I well, don't know if... you know, it's winter is a long. It's a lot like Canada. It's a long time. Uh, and Andy has written in the margins of your notes uh, about Marvel Saga, Marvel three part gem game produced by Marvel, and yeah. the Marvel heroic role playing by MWP. That Margaret Weiss Productions. Okay, uh, he's wrote. There's. It's very hard to get a Marvel superhero game because there's too many unsupported attempts and they all come out differently and are because like saga the three-part game produced by marvel is not the one that you just showed me the playtest no. and the Mo- marvel, marvel saga was yeah and so these these three and the one you just showed me are all three different game systems right yes and and, uh, and they're saga different was, from the original yeah. one yes the first one was produced by TSR. Uh, the second one was produced by Marvel. Okay. Uh, also Saga? Is that Marvel Saga? Uh, Saga Saga was the TSR one. Okay. These are the Marvel Universe role-playing game. Okay. Uh, very early, very early 2000s. Okay. And... Nice. Yeah, the Marvel Universe role-playing game guide to the Hulk and the Avengers, because apparently the Hulk was the selling point. The Avengers was like, yeah. Right. Uh, remember that there was that TV show and it was Spider-Man and the Hulk yeah. were the only things for so long. Um, that is fascinating. That's, that's why they sold them. You know, it's like that's why Marvel sold the rights to Spider-Man and the Hulk and they ended up keeping the Avengers. Okay. So you have I, – I, we weed it off back into Marvel, which makes me go to Mutants and Masterminds. Yes. Um, that's a very – very interesting game. Uh, how much do you remember of the D20 license? Uh, there's a note that says that this is an open <laughs> license all offered by D&D. You could make any kind of game so long as it was mechanically equal to a D20. A D60? A D- D20. Yeah. D20. Okay. D60. What is that? be a 60-sided die. Uh, anyway. That would, that would be terrifying. That would never stop rolling. It would be tight. Or, just, <laughs> be, or 
enormous. Hefty. It would just a Right. It just so, purrs. Yeah, what, is, what is the D20 license? Start from the beginning because he has, he has started <laughs> in the middle. Uh, the D20 license was basically when they released Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition, they were like, okay, we kind of got hurt. You know, TSR kind of got wild releasing all these supplements and modules and settings and it got a bit much. We're going to try and focus on probably for this creating the core rule books. So we're going to offer a license where people can make D and D supplements. Okay. And so, you know, for a while it was like, here's a D and D adventure. Here's a D and D monster book. Actually, white wolf managed to release their uh, creature collection, the same gen con where D and D third edition came out before the, the D and D third ed monster manual was released. Oh, wow. Uh, so if you I've wanted to play D&D, yeah. Yeah. Well, I could go deep into there, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's so not superhero, like, uh, right? Yeah. We're just doing superheroes release, today. Yep. We're just doing superheroes, but they did release a superhero RPG. Oh, did they? We can, we'll, we'll pull back around to that in a second. But, uh, <laughs> they, so yeah, so they released a, uh, they released a creature book at the first, same Gen Con where the first, where the first player's handbook for Fear Dead was released. So, you know, as you went on, people said, well, what can we do that's a little not D&D? So uh, Wizards of the Coast actually released a book uh, called D20 Modern, which was uh, a, my preferred version of the D20 uh, engine. And they were actually working on a superhero supplement for that. But it got canceled before because that line basically got terminated, as I understand. I may be wrong. Okay. But, but that's, so, that's how uh, you remember it so far. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, if not 30. And so. Yes. So uh, Green Ronin produced a superhero game called Mutants and Masterminds. That was uh, that it took it got rid of leveling for one thing. So you had your character was set at a power level and that's what you played at. Oh, so as you went along. Your character would get, you know, you could you could make changes to them, but, you know, you wouldn't like get the, you know, they'll go up and level and level and get more power and change the scope of the game. Scope of the game was pretty much set when you started. OK. And uh, it's fun. You know, I've played it once or twice and, uh, you know, I don't recall a whole bunch of it. Uh, I have I have a few books here that were written actually by a friend of mine, uh, Chris McLaughlin. OK. I wrote a couple of adventures. Right. Uh, Time of Crisis and Time of Vengeance. Okay. And a very neat book called Amusement Masterminds Noir. Okay. Where, uh, it's all basically set in the 40s, fairly low powered characters, getting into horrible personal decisions and <laughs> uh, having to suffer the consequences. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what, and uh, that that's, that's a very neat uh, take on it. And uh, yeah, so they've been publishing Mutants and Masterminds for several iterations now they're on their third edition okay uh uh we skipped a couple things sure because uh, i mentioned here that they uh they produced a wild card supplement for that are you familiar at all with wild cards jackie not offhand what is wild cards wild cards is a shared universe uh created by george rr R. martin okay uh where basically it's based in a superhero role-playing game. It started out as a superhero role-playing game. When did George R.R. Martin create the Wild Cards universe? Uh, Prior to Game of the, Thrones? <laughs> oh, decades before Game of Thrones. Okay. This was his, like, this is his college superhero role-playing game. Okay. And they're like, they created this thing and they all said, oh, we should write books about this. So they wrote these shared world anthologies. 
start uh, where basically aliens come to Earth at the end of World War II and bomb it with a super bomb, sure, which gives every which kills ninety percent of the people who get exposed to it. Okay, horribly mutates the other nine, but one percent they get superpower. Oh, and they're better looking. And uh, uh, very handsome, and occasionally they're real jerks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, so it's very much it, he, he kind of was leading in on well, him and the other writers because there was a big a big group of people who wrote it. Okay, the wild cards. And they all created, yeah, okay. they all created different uh, characters, and they they wrote the stories where they all interacted, and yeah, they were fun. I have no idea how in print they are. I know they're making new books. But, okay, uh, did you ever you read them? The Oh yes, love them. Were, do, were uh, they? Here's what I always think of. Did you ever read um, the Patrick Rothfuss two out of three that he has never finished? Uh, I have. I've never. I've never had a leaf in the wind. Books. No, I forget, forget what it was called. I enjoyed it, <laughs> but what I I actually enjoyed the first one a lot better than the second one because the second one was just more of the first one. It's just really, uh, and what it felt like was he had created a D and D character that was. Um, had minimum flaws and maximum uh, abilities, and well, like he was, he was raised by bards, and he was the best bard. Uh, the wagon train that his parents were in was burned down in the forest. He becomes the best ranger. Uh, he ends up in a city where he becomes the best thief, and well, then he gets accepted to this wizard school where he becomes the best magician. And well, now he he is retired. He is telling the story uh, of the past, uh, and he is the best bartender. It is very very weird. Makes me and Martini. He, an amazing. He's uh, yeah. He's also the best fighter. I forgot about that. But he's oh, well. the guy's really. Uh, he doesn't seem to be much of a ladies' man. Uh, but he's the best bartender, which might lend itself to whatever's going on in Patrick Rothfuss's world. God knows. Uh, but um, but were they like that? Were they sort of D and D characters then on their adventure? And it might have been the D and D adventure. Uh, no, thankfully, okay. uh, these the, the group was was able to basically write. You know, like the first book covered like forty years of stories. It's like, you know, this is the alien invasion. Uh, oh, my God, what's happening in Vietnam? Oh, my God. Uh, this guy went to India and saved Gandhi from being assassinated. So India and Pakistan never partitioned. Okay. And, you know, it's like all the, all the ways superheroes can change the universe. Okay. So they did a lot of, a lot of neat stuff. And everyone was intensely fallible. Okay. And so oh, interesting. Problems yeah. And, you know, so they, they didn't, they actually, they, they avoided, oh, this character is so great. It's like, ah. Uh, you know, he makes things better for some people, but everyone else is going uh, <laughs> to. Really? That does sound like what an actual superhero would, would do. I mean, not not and, the know, boys, but not yeah. the, you know, but not Superman. Right. Where you're just like, well, they, flawed characters. They've got a they've got a restaurant on, you know, the, near the top of uh, uh, the Empire State Building run by, you know, a, a superhero, uh, an ace who's got like, you know, levitation powers. But he's mostly just a rich guy mm -hmm. runs a fancy restaurant. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's really good, and so it got developed as a super world, I think, uh, RPG. You know, that was the game they were playing, and they turned it into the books. And then Steve Jackson Games, who runs GURPS, right. as a superhero uh, supplement for GURPS, called GURPS Supers. Okay. And he was like, "Hey, George Martin, let's write a superhero. Let's write a GURPS uh, wildcard supplement." 
So they did a couple of supplements for that. Okay. You know, but you know, which is about as much as anything ever did. And then Mutants and Masterminds also did a wild card supplement. So it's sort of a rotating, uh, a rotating license. Right. And it feels to be like sort of a, it's, it's, it's blown up in the last couple of years, all of this tabletop stuff, but it started with, you know, people who are essentially 60, right. Or 65. And they're, uh, you know, a little bit older than, you know, older than me, but, um, and you know, 10 years older than Andy or whatever, but the, um, but they, they all were like, we all want to do this. And the guy that was older than all of them was the, was the Gygax. Gygax? Gary Gygax. Gary Gygax. And, um, and he, cause people, cause they're, it's never been, it's, it's never been this popular. It was it's, it was sort I, of mocked, and then it was feared, yeah, yeah, and then it was. It was a bad time in the eighties. Yeah. It was a bad time in the eighties and nineties. It was. It is. It's sort of like the 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 validation of science fiction itself, in yeah. the fact that these games are now valid, really powerful games, really super fun games that create, I think, community. They can help very shy, introverted kids you know, learn what they like to do, what they might want to do and what they enjoy, you know, and give them some social skills and some, some, some <laughs> real life people to hang out with. Um, and Amen. yeah. Right. So it's kind of neat that they're blowing up among, you know, like people who played initially and then people who, Oh, look who's here. It's Andy Ashcraft. Would you like to talk? <laughs> Please talk to him uh, because we're at the Hero Institute. Oh, very good. How are you? Yeah. Good, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. I came at the right moment. Yes. We, uh, we've we gotten to that section of it. Right, it right. Was, uh... So I, I hear you've been you've been messing around with uh, with that old stuff I've got up online. I, I've, I've poked through it. Yeah. yeah. It uh, it seems interesting. I like. Uh, so would you say it's is it more of a story based game than a. Uh... No, it's pretty. It's pretty crunchy. Um, yeah. I mean, all role playing games mm. are story based to some extent, right? Well, yeah. But um, but no, I think that like the mechanics are meant to be sort of semi crunch, semi crunchy. You need it's it's more like your powers are more like spells in D anD. d So okay. you know, you've, if you know what your spell can do, you kind of know have a better sense of what your hero can do. And uh, uh, and then the so time does it require a certain level of system mastery? Um. Hopefully not. I mean, as a as a game master, you probably need a little bit more than the players do. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I think the um, uh, yeah, and we're actually working on a um, on an app, an online tool oh, cool. to help the game master because it's got an interesting time tracking mechanic. So instead of there being turns, different kinds of actions take different amounts of time. So if you want to do something that's just like a thought action, like turning on a, a force field or something, it just takes a you know a, a, a quick think. Because I played a lot of champions, so a lot of this stuff you'll yes. you'll be you'll be fairly familiar with. Uh, you know that's very quick, whereas you know running over and hitting somebody is is a much longer, a longer thing. It's so involved. It's more involved, and so it takes more time. And then and what's what this allows for is allows for speedsters, so people can uh -oh. actually do things faster. And people who can go further, you know, in different in you know different ways of thinking about speedsters, and it also allows for people who have time powers, 
So there's basically a big timeline, and as you take actions, you're just moving your yourself along the timeline. And the the next person's turn is whoever's at the back of the timeline. So yeah, and it also allows you to do interesting things with like interruptions. So if you have enough time, you can interrupt somebody else's action, like the enemy, you know, the enemy marksman shoots shoots a you know shoots at the mayor. Well, you have time to go. All right, I have time to do something about that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Inter- interruptions of uh, op- opponents' activities. Yeah. That's a very heroic thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Was... Uh, so if you ever want to, if you ever want to play, I'm happy to run a game. Uh, I will. Like, I will definitely talk to you about that. There's a bunch of people listening, and and this is true for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, teach yes. you how the system works, and then uh, it'll be sell- It'll be published at some point. Uh, I'll self-publish it. And I meant to ask about that. You thinking about doing a crowdfunding campaign for that, or just gonna? Well, so here's what I pull together a PDF. uh, I'm gonna pull together a PDF, um, and then also have a book available. As I've got a friend of mine who publishes, um, you know, uh, um, on demand. He's a on demand publisher, and so he will he'll be the publisher of Note, and he will publish it on demand, and uh, and. Um, but here's what I here's here's sort of my business model, and, and I'll run it by you and see how 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 you think about it. Um, I want everybody to give me a dollar when they play the game. So as a game master, you would just collect do- you would collect five dollars from your five players, and uh, and then Venmo me that money when you play it. And if you can't, and if you don't, you know, if you're if you're a high school kid, you don't have dollars, then uh, then fine, play it play it for free. That would certainly be a very interesting way to do it. It's sort of like uh, I, it's know, sort of shareware. You know, I I think you'd probably be uh, that's that's hard, especially as like you know, because one thing you, I, I think we both are aware of gamers are very cheap. Yes. So <laughs> yes, yes, but that's okay. I mean, we we ultimately get rich, and uh, yeah. and 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 we pay for games that we like. So you know, uh, Wizards of the Coast did all right. Yes. It is insane. I will say that it, as a business venture, it's insane for me to think about like, hey, let's join this overcrowded superhero RPG market. Really? It's a, you know, it's a, it's fun. Honestly, it's, it, you know, it looks like it, it did give me some echoes back to uh, TSR's Marvel Superheroes. Yep. And a little bit of icons too. I don't know yeah, if you've uh, looked at that. Yeah, I haven't played it. I've I have it. I've looked at it because you know research. Yeah, uh, I I got a bundle of holding of it. I've uh, that's that's eternally a bad idea on my part. Sorry, Alan. But, oh, there's a, uh, you've there's, gotten so much of my money. There's another one that you should look at too. Um, uh, a friend of mine uh, published a game called Capes, Cowls, and Villains Foul. Oh, cool. And and it's great. It's much more storytelling. Excellent. I will definitely take a look and try and find that That's one. That's a plagola. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, uh, I'm happy to run a game. Like I said, uh, let me know and um, and we'll do it. We can just do it over Excellent. Zoom. It's easy. I would love to. And uh, I'm going to give you back to Jackie for her for her show <laughs> since it's her show. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> 
Hilarious. Uh, yes, there was some tactical difficulties, and then <laughs> swooped in like a like an angel, uh, Andy Ashcraft. Uh, we're at an hour. We are okay. Just so you know. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. As <laughs> always, Justin. I think you were on a year ago, so we could do this every year. I keep meaning to have Gary Will, uh, other people on, who I like to have uh, on the regular, and then this dog would like a walk. That's what I know. So. Well. Um, You've done vital work. It was great seeing you in Toronto last week. I have been talking to Justin Mohadeb, and it's at the bitter guy on Twitter and probably other things or his name. So oh. find that out if you want to talk more about RPGs, tabletop RPGs. When I talk about capes, I'm always available. Sweet. Thanks for doing the show, man. Thank you for having me. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?